Welcome to The Radio Cure. We're a show that looks at new albums and artists in and around the indie music landscape. This week, Jeremy and I are talking about UK band Hookworm's third album, Microshift. But first, heartbreaker Ryan Adams may think love is hell, but he ain't given up on it just yet. Recently released from Mandy Moore's Marriage Prison, <laughs> back on the market with a new single, Baby I Love You. That's next on The Radio Cure. Hey, Jerry. What's up, dude? Oh, not much. Not much. Uh, what did you uh, do for V-Day? That was the first thing we're getting into. Old Ryan Adams, back on the horse, writing some music, writing a love song. Thank God we have Ryan Adams back in our lives. It's our, our boy. Um, <laughs> I, I uh, worked all day yesterday. Oh, so nothing? No. no well, yeah, we well we went out uh, today and uh, got some food and went to a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, your day off today. Eh? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So yeah, we just did stuff today. Yeah, we're not big on Valentine's Day. It's you. It's I, I feel like it's now with a kid. You know, do you really want to get a sitter and everything just to go out with everyone else? Yeah, that's true. Kind of shuffle through. There's mm-hmm. not as many places to be everyone's out here and sarah's birthday is so close uh it's only like you know a couple weeks away so yeah yeah, yeah. that makes what sense. we do our uh midwinter celebrating for mm-hmm. but i know people celebrate it and i was over at uh the barnes and nobles the other day and uh i was i uh noticed in the card section they had this kind of uh it's kind of a cool idea but it was like a letter it was an actual um card that you could get but it was uh square and it had a uh 30 is it what's the small one 45s what the small vinyl records oh I'm yeah sorry. yeah, I did yeah, not yeah. Say 45s that. 45s are the small ones yeah yeah it had a small vinyl record of like aretha franklin or, or oh. some like classic love song well that's fun anyway i thought it was a cute idea and i could yeah. see uh this on a 45 uh, it's got nice little roses his record was was already set for it. I got gotcha. rose on there and everything. The you little pink rose. Plug that shit right in there. Put it on a card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He <laughs> could merchandise, is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Should have pop up shop. But what do you think this is all about? Why? 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 Uh, I mean, has he is he known for releasing his Valentine's Day singles? No, I don't think so. I mean, he's he releases shit just constantly. Mm-hmm. That is true. I mean, really a lot of it's through just his, his website or whatever, but hangs out with cats and records music. That's all he does. I liked it. I, I think that no, it, it's not it's a bad what, song at all. What we, uh, what we kind of think Ryan Adams should be doing, right? He uh, does all these kind of weird derivations on his sound, mm-hmm. you know, experimental stuff. But, uh, you know, this one kind of sounded like the like a bird's cover. Uh, it almost has an identical step down uh, in it uh, from the uh, turn, turn, turn song right at the end. Kind of like this slow, like, oh, guitar step down. Interesting. But it had a real birdsy feel to me. You know what Julie said it sounded like, which made me laugh a lot, and I think is correct, because we went and then uh, listened to it, but do you remember that song from the 90s, uh, Where I Find My Heaven? It's on the Dumb and Dumber soundtrack. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, you no, know the song. I'm sure I probably do. You know it. Listen to it later. You'll, you'll, you'll have a laugh. 
<laughs> but, uh, it's not a bad song though. I don't. No, it's not a bad song, and I uh, I think I'm deciphering some things in the lyrics. The first uh, sentence of each of the verses. If I lie to you, will you still be mine? Yes. If I'm tired as I'm blue, could you still be mine? If I cry to you, could you still hold me? I, I mean, th- that's the first three sentences of his Match.com profile. If I've ever heard it, right? <laughs> He's like, obviously, I'm a very depressed person. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm prone to lying and uh, uh, bouts of depression and, and uh, heavy drug use. Yes. Uh, can you still be with me if all those things happen? That's that's what I'm asking you right now on Valentine's Day. Yes. Uh, do you do you feel like this is a, a shot at Mandy Moore at all? Like, can are you? Is it him saying she couldn't hang in the tough times? Mandy couldn't deal with this. Could could you maybe? I like that. I like that kind of um, thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, that he's he's still trolling even even in a love song. You know she's engaged to the Dawes guy. Is she? Yeah. Wow, she's a fast mover. That's what I was thinking. I guess they, Julie just looked it up, though. She said they've been together for two years, which blows my mind. Is that possible? Y- yes, I think it is. Yeah. I felt, oh God, I felt like this was so much more recent that they split up. Well, I think they split up, but w- then we started talking more about the split up when Prisoner came out, even though yeah. I think they had been, they split up, he wrote Prisoner and then yeah. produced it. And, that makes and sense. Put it out. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I felt like this was, you know, he's kind of got released from the the prison that he was a prisoner of. Mm-hmm. And uh, now he's back on the market and uh, he's kind of uh, trying to figure out what he wants in a girl. And <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a girl that will love him even though he's, Super self-involved. Yeah. And uh, can't get out of his own head. We were just looking at his Instagram. He doesn't follow anyone. Speaking of the self-involved. Like zero people? Zero people. So he just posts things on Instagram and then looks at his menchies. Yeah. And his and his uh, retweets. He literally his. follows zero people. Isn't that wow. fantastic? That is, that is awesome. That's... <laughs> That is putting the social and social media there. Right. <laughs> uh, I got I got a good giggle out of that one. <laughs> no, it's, it's not a bad song, though. Um, you, you know what it reminds me of? Not so much how it sounds, but um, do you remember? Uh, I think it wasn't too long after... Um, I love you, Honey Bear came out. The Father John Misty. He released uh-huh. that uh, song, Real Love, and it's like this kind of like yes. upbeat love song. It, it seems like a s- similar in like how it was done, like kind of counter to what his album sounded like. You know, more like upbeat and yeah, I agree. I I, I think this is very different from the Prisoner album yeah. that he just put yeah. out. Yeah, it it kind of reminded me of uh, that Pearl Jam cover, Last Kiss, too. It was just kind of oh, this kind yeah. of it. It was a little uh, vintagey, you know, kind of. Uh, I don't know how to say it, but it was like not very complex, very simple song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, no one had any fun on V Day. The two of us and probably Ryan Adams as well. <laughs> We're all the same boat. Too bad uh-huh. we can't commiserate with him on Twitter. <laughs> I think I was watching the uh, Olympics in the the shop. I got sucked in 
mm. to a few things in there. Do you do you get sucked into the uh, to the Winter Olympics? I do. There's like a few Randomly. things. Um, I like it when it's across the world and it's on late at night. I ain't going to watch that shit on primetime, right? No, but no. If something's on at like, you know, midnight or something when I'm just like not wanting to go to bed yet. Yeah. Yeah. You, I'm you down could, with that. Yeah. Everything is more tolerable at that point. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's good late night viewing. Mm-hmm. I think that's what people, uh, that's what people do mainly. Yeah. At the Olympics. No, I'll get, I, I get sucked in. I like the, um, I find the figure skating to be very compelling. Um, I was much yes. more excited about it uh, this year, having just seen I Tanya. That like that like had me in the mood. <laughs> yeah, to see this shit. Yeah, somebody did a um, a triple. Oh yeah, an American Axel triple yeah. Axel. Yeah, that's the one. That's the hard one. Because mm-hmm. um, Lutz and Toe Loop, they're just like doing that all day. Uh, yeah, shit. But somehow the axle is harder. Uh, they explained it in the movie, but I yeah. don't really remember. Something to yes. do with taking off <laughs> forward instead of backward. So, did you um, did you happen to catch that interview that Mike Tirico did with, um, I think his last name is Rippin, but the first openly oh, yeah. uh, gay skater, uh, which is hilarious. That, they, yeah. they, they, <laughs> emphasis on the openly right. part of that, yeah. <laughs> that statement. <laughs> Um, but oh man, it was hilarious. It was so he funny. was so sassy. It was great. He, he gave he gave Tariko the the eyes like a couple of times. You know what I'm talking about? He goes, Mike. Yes. He kind of tilts his head a little bit. Yes. and Kind of gives him the side eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> was that wait? Was that the interview where you talked about how you needed a Xanax? Yes, that was so good. <laughs> I was so nervous. I just wanted to pop a Xanax and have a drink. <laughs> it was so funny. <laughs> you could, because the, the camera was only on him and not on yeah. the both of them. And you could hear this audible little chuckle from uh, Tariko yeah. in the background. He's like, eh. <laughs> or somebody, somebody cracked. Yeah. Uh, but uh, that was, that that was hilarious. hilarious. Did you see the announcers that first night? That guy had that updo and that. Um, oh, Johnny Weir. Like. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had that. He had that huge pompadour, and they're like, "It's getting all um, Hunger Games." <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> in the Winter Olympics, they look totally like the uh, Hunger Games guy. A, a, a good friend of mine is a he's a gay guy, and uh, he was <laughs> he was like, "Did you watch the figure skating?" He's like, J- "Johnny Weir is like really." taking gayness to a whole new level <laughs> it is next level gayness. next level it's, gayness. <laughs> it's borderline offensive <laughs> <laughs> yeah my, my my uh my gay friend is like that's it's a bit much it's a bit much <laughs> <laughs> oh that's funny so i had three topics i'll i'll, I'll give you the the highlights you pick one Okay. Uh, pick the first one. I've got uh, Sean White's flag bearing, okay. uh, curling and bush, and then <laughs> made up made up sports. I have to pick one. Yeah. Oh, well, you can. We'll do them all, but just pick the first one we want. Oh, okay. Well, let's do Sean White. Sean White for two hundred. Um, 
<laughs> so uh, the huge primetime thing, right? Sean White wins yeah. the gold in the half pipe. Did he not? I felt like there was a story where he didn't win the gold or he didn't even medal in Sochi. And now yeah, he's I, I think he's a, some sort of redemption story about it. Right? Yeah. I mean, because by snowboarding standards, he's pretty fucking old. Uh, yeah, he's. Uh, I think that's like one of the main issues. Thirty or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the kitty beats like seventeen or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so very emotional scene. He's waiting for a score. He gets it. He wins, and uh, someone throws him a flag, which is very typical yeah. in uh, the games. And um, he he's got a snowboard in his hand too, so it's kind of a difficult proposition to deal with all this. It's kind of folded up, and so he, he kind of like tries to unfurl it, and uh-huh. uh, you know he kind of like. Um, flaps it onto the ground and then puts it over his shoulders and does the whole thing and walks around with that. And then as he's exiting, he just kind of pops in his hand with his snowboard. Yeah. And uh, he's walking and like, he's literally stepping on the flag. Just <laughs> totally. It's dragging on the ground. It's been touching the ground several times and mm. he's just got it in his hand and he's dragging it there and stepping on it and nothing against Sean White. No one said anything. That's not going to be a story at all. Uh-huh. I'm sure that happens all the time. Sure. Um, and yet we have this kneeling, you know, in the <laughs> in the NFL, right? right. <laughs> and it's just like, how, wh- when do we pick to be offended and when not? Because if you actually think about the rules of flag owning and bearing and all that kind of stuff, the, that the, should the be more offensive. The rule book to flag ownership, yes. It, it, is, it is quite extensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to fold them right. They're not allowed to touch the ground. Um, you know, you, you got to put the union always in the flag's right, I think. Yeah. The flag itself's right, which is our left if you're looking at it. Yeah, like the flag always has to be like, Moving forward, like that sort of thing. Yeah. So there are a bunch of rules, and they all—they always talk about you know, um, uh, you get to uh, represent your flag, represent your country, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And so, where where does the patriotism patriotism become uh, you know offensive, and where is it? And it's when you protest, really. Right. Well, and and there's also one huge key difference there as well. And that is that John White is super (laughs) fucking white. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. He's the poster child for the uh, uh, Olympic Winter Games. For sure. Pasty as hell. Perfect name for it. Yeah. Skin color. That's that's, that's the big difference (laughs) that we're we're looking for here. Uh, Okay. So curling and bush are made up sports. Um, let's do, well, let's just do it in the order you had it. Let's do curling and bush. I'm very intrigued Cur- by the word bush <laughs> in this. And I really am curious as to where you're going. So love me some curling. Uh, Curling's I, great. I, en- I enjoy it because we, one of my favorite bar sports is shuffleboard, uh, tabletop shuffleboard. Well, and curling. Very fun to do. Like if it were like f- possible or like, uh, I mean, it would be hard to have a sheet of ice in a bar, but if you could, this <laughs> is a bar game. I know. I want to have a curling bar. That would be awesome. I am I'm, I'm like sure that like logistically that would be a huge pain in the ass, but I am genuinely shocked that there is not a curling bar in Brooklyn. 
Well, how how is it that um, you know out in Colorado you can have outdoor ice sometimes? I mean, mm-hmm. it'll it'll exist, it'll stay, especially in a place like Gunnison where you guys grew up. Yeah. Uh, how is there not a curling night where you just come out and just get shit faced and and curl? It's a, such a fun sport, right? Uh, to play. That, I mean, if I had to play do anything in the Winter Olympics, I would want to curl. Well, and sure. don't you feel like it's one of those games too that kind of distinguish bar games from actual sports in that there is probably a certain level of uh, drunkenness where you'd actually be better at it. I think so. I yeah. agree because I, I there's this kind of you just get in this flow where you're mm-hmm. just feeling the right distance. You're like yeah. the the weight of of the stone is just leaving your hand, and you know exactly where it's going to go. And same thing with the the bar, um, the weights in in shuffleboard. Yeah, you just have you just have it. You have that distance. Or down I feel like it's the head. same with darts too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Love me some darts when you get on a get on a good drunk run. Mm-hmm. Um, but in um, tabletop shuffleboard, each of us get four weights to yes. throw, and uh, that is uh, eight in total. But in curling, uh, each team gets eight stones, which is a total of sixteen stones. Mm-hmm. So obviously, Bush was a huge curling fan because their first album was called 16 stone there it is bush the band <laughs> i was like is he it's talking a long about, way around like is he talking about the band is he talking about the two presidents is he talking about bush beer is he talking about pubic hair all right no bush this I is got a, a music podcast head. after all it's it, yeah that makes sense yeah. But I had this i googled it it's they don't think it's that it's they think it's the weight stones um which is like 242 pounds or something, 16 stone. But I like um, to prefer, I prefer to think that they kind of went to like a, um, a winter camp. It's in, a curling uh, concept album. Yeah, it's a curling concept album. Mm. I want to exactly. revisit it uh, with that context <laughs> in mind. Listen to it. Uh, sync it up with the curling finals. Okay. It's, it's like Pink Floyd and uh, the Wizard of Oz. Right. Sync up 16 stone with the curling finals and it'll blow your fucking mind. That's very impressive for a live event. <laughs> Bush are geniuses. <laughs> to be able to they, are, they are geniuses. And to be 50 years in like the future whenever mm-hmm. that album came out. Um, Terrific. So made up sports. I, I feel like that obviously these sports aren't made up, but they're ancient sports. Like who goes losing anymore? When, who, when did losing ever happen? You know. Well, that was well. They talked about this on the Bill Simmons podcast the other day. Um, like, how do you, how does one get into losing? How are there any American losers? Well, they have to grow up in like Lake Placid or something. That's what they said. On, yeah, that's yeah. exactly what he said. He's like, I agree. Grow up in Lake Placid, I guess. I but I feel like the Winter Olympics, even more so than the Summer Games, are open to like made up games that mm-hmm. that they'll bring in like oh snowboarding sure half pipe weird yeah let's do that you can, i'll give you a gold medal for half pipe I'll, sure. oh moguls yeah sure oh trick trick stuff like all that stuff has has come up you know a long time since the the olympics were around you know mm-hmm. um and they're just like, yeah, sure. Oh, does it involve snow and white people? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Make it an event. Come on. Bring it in. <laughs> and so 
<laughs> I'm thinking that if they're so open to it, maybe we should um, kind of um, broaden the horizons of the Winter Olympics. And I have a few sports I think that people would r- actually really, uh, really, really enjoy. And so, uh, one, Americans love NASCAR. Uh, yes. Europeans love Formula One yes. racing. And uh, I think in the X Games or somewhere, I have seen this, but they race snowmobiles. Yeah, that's in the X How Games. How is not an Olympic sport? Snowmobile racing. It's very exciting. Yeah, and I feel like anyone, could, the Russians would be the best at snowmobile racing, I feel like. You think? Just, just based on YouTube. They, they have a lot of <laughs> land and did a you lot do, of free Did you time. do a Russian snowmobiling YouTube deep dive? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I I would um well cuz they start like mounting guns to them of course <laughs> of course and taking them over ramps trying to jump them over cars mm-hmm. and it it is uh quite extensive the stupidity that uh they they will go to but that was one and then the other one they have um the biathlon when that is that's the weirdest thing to me. It is the weirdest thing, but there's a lot of potential there. So you replace the cross country skiing with downhill skiing, mm, um, yes. and then obviously they kind of have old school rifles that you have to cock and put over. You, yeah. you can't use if you're going that fast. You can't use it. So you're going to have to use some sort of semi-automatic mm-hmm. to fully automatic weapon if you're yes. going to do downhill mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> ski. <laughs> and so you put targets on the outside and you give um like on the, to the sides of the track or yeah the sides of the track and mm-hmm. they still kind of have to go through gates yeah but then after you kind of go through a gate there's a target there that you can just kind of like contra spread fire as you go past and yeah. you get extra yeah. <laughs> points for things. Now make it a little less steep, I would say, you know, because you don't yeah. get the little sticks in your hands anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you yeah, have to hold you a, have gun. a gun instead. <laughs> you have a gun instead. Uh, but I love this idea. Can oh, you I'm imagine? In on that. I don't really feel like it's a spectator sport. You probably have to keep mm, people no. off the hill <laughs> when this is going on. Yeah, you're, they'd almost <laughs> have to be in some sort of like biodome type of situation. Yeah, I was thinking you'd have to maybe do an onboard camera and then drones because you really couldn't have people just kind of milling about no. the woods <laughs> next to the <laughs> no. track. Nowhere near it. <laughs> but I'm telling you, you get those tracer bullets too. Have you heard of yeah. those things? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get the little lights, you know. Mm-hmm. Get those tracer bolts. That's a fucking sport, man. I'm in. I would watch the shit out of that. <laughs> not, not a drinking sport. Uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> that is not a drinking sport. Curling is definitely the way to go, and that's, uh, dude. We should start a curling team. Is that something we could do? Probably well, not. Well, I mean, if I if we lived in the same state, it'd You're be more feasible. <laughs> yeah. It just feels like something everyone could do if they give it enough time. Yeah. Anyone could do that. <laughs> and it'd be funny, too, because if you're all drunk out there on the ice, you'd be falling. And well, and you n- certainly like curling clubs like they exist in Canada. I do know this for a fact. Mm-hmm. And I think like the like North Midwest states like Wisconsin and uh-huh. Michigan and Minnesota and all them shits, they have curling clubs and I guarantee they are just shit faced and people falling on the ice. It's hilarious. 
you could even see it. There, the one of the guys who's kind of a brawny guy, and he was one of the, like the chief sweepers. There's one guy that mm. throws most of the stones, and then everyone else has to throw a couple stones, but the one guy throws the most of it. He's kind of the they call him the skip or something. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> one of the other guys, kind of the he, he seemed like the the chief like get her done sweeper, mm-hmm. but he had the biggest handlebar mustache, and he was wearing this ten gallon. Um, baseball hat like just one of those ones that has that baseball hat (laughs) that has that front that is like super high yeah yeah. it's like sitting up on top of his head and he had the biggest wisconsin oh yeah just put it right there yeah right right there there. right there yeah a little further yeah oh over there well i like the that's part of the appeal too is i like they're all mic'd up i like hearing them shout the instructions (laughs) yeah yeah it is. It is fun. They're all mic'd up, so you can be over here. Yeah. Well, I think we can just kind of come around this stone here yeah. and just slide her right in there. I don't know what the problem is with that. <laughs> I don't see any problem with that. <laughs> uh, well, that's all I have. That's that's my three um, takeaways from the Winter Olympics thus far. Fantastic. Okay, so that's probably enough about the the Winter Olympics. Uh, it's never maybe enough. I'll put a, <laughs> it's <laughs> never enough. There's not enough coverage. We need Bob Costas back. I know. Uh, what, what is with Costas? Did he have like a pink eye complication? Did that scare him away? Where did well, he, where, the where is Bob conspiracy Costas? theory. The conspiracy theory is that he got butt hurt. They got taken off the uh, NFL. So he said, "Well, I'm not doing any Olympics." Wait, did, why did they take him off the NFL? Because he's kind of a dick to the league about the uh, CTE stuff. Oh, okay. Keeps bringing that shit up on broadcast. Mm-hmm. And they're like, guys, you got to take him off or you're not. The next time you're up for buying this shit, we ain't going to sell it to you. Right, 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 right. So that's the conspiracy theory, of course. But That makes sense. So Mike Tirico is sitting on an iceberg. <laughs> Did you see his desk? Yeah. It's an iceberg? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> there are no icebergs on land but not out in the ocean what is this uh, okay well I think I'll time stamp it here so people can kind of fast forward to the uh, to the band because I, I don't want you to miss the band and I, I fear that if they have to wade through the Olympics they won't hear this fucking awesome band yes I am so in on this band I am too. And uh, was this your first uh, hearing of them? I, yes. I had not heard their other two albums. Yes. I wasn't hip to that. I did go back because some of the things that they talked about, uh, this is from Pitchfork. I won't read it, but I'll kind of give you the highlights. Is that um, They use a lot of feedback and distortion. Uh, mm-hmm. Pitchfork calls it the training wheels of indie rock, which I thought was kind of cute. Oh, that's fun. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I, I was reminded of uh, the Kings of Leon, you know, remember yes. at the beginning, it's like, mm, Leon. Oh, so I Paul. Right. I, I mean, when they were a lot better, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. But <laughs> once you heard them, they were stupid, but this band actually is really good. Um, <laughs> but do you remember how insane he, he sounded like he something that it was advanced CTE or something on his brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You could not tell what he was saying at all. No, you couldn't. And, um, 
he even admitted that uh, later. That he's like, I didn't. I, I just kind of like scattered the lyrics uh, at first because I didn't. Mm-hmm. I was real unsure of my songwriting. This guy is just heavy distortion, so it sounds like he's singing from the back row uh-huh. um, a lot of times on those first two albums. I listened to um, a couple of the starred ones. Okay. From those two. It's, it sounds really good. It's much more like shoegaze mm. and like crot rock, kind of like real jammy. Okay. Um, but it also has like these kind of garagey um, organs and fuzzy guitars and, you know. Yeah. You can, you can hear the sound, right? So on this one, uh, pick it up here. The band's third album, Microshift, is similarly an excise exercise in relentless forward motion and joyous abandon. But the means they use to achieve these ends have changed dramatically. Like the reformed partier who now gets their endorphin rush from morning jogs instead of amphetamines, (laughs) hookworms have traded in chaos for clarity. Suddenly, a band that once sounded most at home in strobe-lit basement dives now sounds primed for a late afternoon slot at your roving summer festival of choice. Yeah, that makes sense. It, it, it does sound like very crisp. Um, I, there's some like rawness to it, but it, it sounds like very crisp and well put together. I have, I have not gotten back yet to listen to the older ones, but they are, they have their uh, quality. And I would say that if, when I was listening to them, I would, I was thinking, I was like, I could have been into this band because it sounds really good. The first two albums do. Yeah. And if I was into this band and super excited about this third album, I would be apoplectic. Really? That the, they came out with this. Yeah. So it's that you, big of a difference. In, in in my mind, it is. Because they're like, oh, yeah, this is good. This is jammy. This is, you know, I can hear this. Yeah, I like this. You know, this is kind of like this DIY, grungy, mm. fuzzy thing. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's like the transition from the Kings of Leon, uh, the first two albums to the um, light bulb shatter one that I can I, never remember. I was so obsessed with that album and I could never for the life of me remember what the fuck it's called. <laughs> because of the times. Because of there the times. Is. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, and it's just like, whoa, I did not know this band could make this music. Right. Uh, and it's just, it's a... It's just like a moment of clarity. Like mm-hmm. he, he's, uh, he's talking about here, but I, this, this kind of joins in all of the bands that we love. I, I hear so many of the bands that we love in this, um, in this record yeah. from that genre. Yeah. And, uh, what you had texted me about this earlier in the week, but, uh, you had, uh, specifically mentioned the rapture, which, mm-hmm. Fun timing for me because I I've been going back heavy into the Rapture. Yeah, I think I said it sounds like if the Rapture had stayed with DFA. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of um, James Murphy had had his way with um, I can't think of his name now, but the guy from oh the Rapture. Luke Jenner, yeah, Luke Jenner. There it is. Shout out to Meet Me in the Bathroom. Mm-hmm. Our hit series <laughs> on the book. <laughs> on the book. Um, but he, he said kind of late afternoon, but this band for me would play at like that 2 a.m. slot. Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. It would be a religious experience. At Absolutely. 2 oh, man. I feel like I just kind of want to get right into it. Um, sure. The 
the actual songs. There, there's some other things that are kind of interesting about the band. They, they're from Leeds and uh, the Matthew Johnson or Johnston, uh, Pitchfork had it one way and NME had it the other way. Yeah. Uh, but they have a kind of a, um, a recording studio that is, is a bit of a mecca for the DIY scene mm-hmm. uh, in the UK there. And they had like... They produced like about 30 releases um, were recorded there. Uh, stuff from garage band kind of shit to all the yeah. way to like, you know, fucking total straight up dance music, uh-huh. you know, um, EDM shit. And uh, they, ha- they had some sort of flood and it was kind of like uh, completely wiped out and they had to kind of rebuild the whole thing. And so this story that they kind of create is that they rebuilt the band as they rebuilt the space which I thought was kind of interesting and it kind of made it bigger, better, cleaner, more confident. Uh, everything is just kind of like cleaned up and, and perfect. Like we're going to do it right this time. Interesting. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, negative space. Basically, I, I feel like the top half of this album, you just got to play straight through. Yes, absolutely. Like, what are you doing? Skipping any of these songs uh, no, that's, in that the would first be six in yeah. my mind? I mean, not only just they're all very good songs, but they but they go they flow into each other very oh, well yeah. too. So so good, so good. Negative space, right out of the gate. He's got that rapture voice. It, yes, it, it's almost like uh, here from NME is the purest indicator. Of seven minutes of LCD sound system meets another brick in the wall. Mm, yeah, which is high praise. <laughs> that is, high, that is, high praise. Yeah, that's for a about song. as high as you can get. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> but there is there is a sense in which there's this kind of building of loops and that that first verse has that real diatribe feel that you get with yep. James Murphy like he's he's preaching he's saying yeah, some shit totally just like yelling at you and then um the real connection for me to LCD in that first one because he says LCD and Pink Floyd so the real connection to me is in like the heartbeat of the song. It's that that bass line yep. and that drum fill. Oh, um, yeah. It just keeps coming back. That. And then it has this celestial break that reminds me more of like Holy Ghost, and it goes into this fucking pop hook earworm outro, uh, just completely off the ra- not off the rails, actually back onto the rails. Yeah, because yeah. It's a, it's a it's a kind of a poppy song at the end, and uh, and that's where I really understood that's the portmanteau. It's a hooky earworm hook worm. What? Oh, and blew blown. your mind. yeah towards the end there it's like it's like so catchy like almost immediately it was like stuck in my head yeah absolutely i love the content of um the lyrics too. it 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 has a sentimental feeling uh, Mm -hmm. that there's this negative space left by somebody gone whether it's a loved one that you've lost or a a lover that you've lost but um the end there's kind of like anthem i still see you every time i'm down it kind of has that real um feeling it's it's that one holy ghost song where it's like uh I, i i see you 
in the world, even though you're gone kind yeah. of sentiment. Yeah, totally. And I, <clears throat> the, it, like at first, like listening to this, like I immediately figured like these are probably going to be like kind of short songs, mm-hmm. but I love how stretched out they are. They are not short songs. A lot of these. <laughs> no, and, and there's a reference to all, all uh, there's a reference to spiritualized, and I uh, really hear spiritualized in Static Resistance. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. The next one. Yeah. Um, that that's always what I love about spiritualized is that I can never really pick out the song that I love because mm-hmm. they all kind of go together, and I've only I've. I, I just know I love the first 40 minutes of that album, you know, right. <laughs> kind of a thing, yeah. you know, I don't know. I don't know which part is my favorite yeah. part, but, or which song it is, but it's that like first chunk there. And, and that's what happens here. It's just, there's this great tight song that's starting to fade out and then boom, static resistance mm-hmm. just like comes right up yep. into this big arena pop anthem, spiritualized style. Um, yeah. It, it's so big. And, and for me, it was like unexpected hearing that after just listening to like the first track not taking anything away from the first track but it's just unexpected that it went there absolutely and the the first verse says it all getting all this out of your system you gotta celebrate Hell yes. Hands up. It's when George becomes the hand model and he just puts his hands up in the air and spins and spins <laughs> down the sidewalk. That's <laughs> what I feel like every time. Yeah, I've I've when I've I feel like even though there's a lot of like dark subject matter on this record, there's there's a joyfulness to it that I really enjoy. I know it's so positive and so joyful, but in the end, uh, the final anthem is false hope forever, false hope forever. (laughs) Right. You feel, you almost feel like you've been played and it's beautiful. (laughs) Yeah. It is such a ride. Yeah. Uh, It is such a ride. This one kind of like stays in the same place. It's, it's, it's a shorter one. It's only about three minutes. The first one was like seven minutes. And then I really feel like it's kind of creating that space for all's water. To come in. Oh man, Old's Water. Woo! <laughs> Talk about a ride. <laughs> I know, from Pitchfork, negative space is merely a warm up for the mighty seven minute exorcism that is Old's Water. Where MJ, he's talking, that that's his moniker, uh-huh. and then he goes by, eulogizes a failed relationship atop a bubbly synth pumped beat before calming, calmly admitting, I wish. I held you tight before and unleashing all that pent up regret in a climactic guitar charging rock out that's up to Hookworm's previous paint peeling standards. So huge. Yeah. I, I, I like to use the word bubbly. It literally sounds like bubbles in there. It does. Um, which it reminded does. me of, um, there's an MGMT song with the bubbles. Uh, <laughs> one of the, one of the hits off that <laughs> we were, we were 
originally planning oh, to talk yeah. about MGMT a little bit, so I had that on the brain. But. Yeah, they they came out with an album this last week, and it just it, it's the same kind of music. I don't know what it is, but it just didn't yeah. hit me like this hit me. This seems so of the moment. Absolutely. And the, like yeah, the MGMT. opposite of what MGMT feels like for whatever yeah. reason. I agree. Yeah. It's like almost I inexplicable. I mean, they're using the same computers probably. Yep. <laughs> you know, kind of a thing. <laughs> but uh it just didn't hit me like this did. It the transitions between the first song to the second to the third, it almost sounds like a club. Like I I could uh-huh. I could just hear like the club transitions where it comes down and you're like boom, yeah, you know. So good and so big. Yeah. And this, I mean, this album as a whole, I feel like it's kind of reinvigorated my love for this type of music. Because, I mean, this sort of music, like all the DFA shit was like my favorite thing for so long. It was. It was mine too. And and maybe I listened to it too much. I don't know. but But I was like feeling a little bit over it, I guess. But this brought me back in, and specifically this song. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I even wrote on here, I think this is my new favorite white guy dance music. We, we were talking about doing a white guy dance music. Yeah. Now we have to do a white guy dance music playlist. Oh, absolutely. But it's coming. <laughs> I, I think what happened was is that we listened to so much um, like old school, four-piece kind of grungy roadhouse rock yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Charlie Bliss, Sheer Mag, yeah. you know, people like Bat Fangs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe Bat Fangs was one year too late because I feel like we've been doing way more of these kind of bands. And I'm, I'm just in that mode now to really receive this. You know, yeah, it was Borns, it was Holy, and now it's this. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm back in. Like, even like I was talking about, like, I've like the last week or so I've gotten so heavily back into the rapture, like revisiting all of that. I'm back. <laughs> so the kids are coming up from behind <laughs> yeah. next generation. <laughs> stay strong. Stay strong. It's so positive and upbeat that just yeah. last kind of stay strong. That, that was the last from all's water. Um, the soft season is like the first break. It's the yeah. first kind of ballad, slow song. Yeah, uh, I, f- I feel perf- like it's a nice reprieve after the, like the journey Absolutely. you've been on up it's, to this point. Yeah, it's very pretty. You need a, you need a little bit of a come down and um, perfect description from NME for me. It's an aching post breakup farewell that suggests, ladies and gentlemen, we are floating in space as commandeered by Ben Gibbard. It's oh, like fucking yeah. meta shit. That's, Think about that for a second. That's good. <laughs> I like that. And, and it's uh, a couple of um, stalwarts of our of our referencing catalog, Ben Gibbard yeah. and Spiritualized. They're in our top five. <laughs> we, the top five of references of bands to describe <laughs> other bands. God, I want that fucking Spiritualized album. I know. I'm Where so is excited. It? It's going to fit right in here with all this shit that we're listening to. Super pumped. But um, that's all I had to say on that one. Mm-hmm. Opener, the the next one, it's great because it has that like four-minute instrumental at the beginning. Yes. It kind of continues the the break, the transition to like the lower side of yeah. things. Yeah. And I, Ramping I, back up. I love 
a super long like instrumental intro where you're like not sure like is is this just an instrumental track is this going somewhere else i always dig that yeah that, that death cab single um from narrow stairs oh my god i love narrow stairs Remember so that? much has that like five minute intro like the intro is longer than the song which yeah, is almost yeah. the case for this yeah uh you wait four minutes and you get the perfect line great opening uh, of the verse it is fine to fail we all will fail The way it's delivered, too, is perfect. Absolutely. Emo Stereo Lab is what NME <laughs> called it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Isn't that great? Um, but yeah, it kind of just fades in uh, from the last slow song, Soft Season, uh, kind of almost like a symphony symphony or a synth Funny Synth- tuning up symphony. Symphony. I was making a portmanteau of synth. I know. Funny. I was trying to say it. I fucked up. That's hard. You can get that in there. Symphony. A symphony. Mm-hmm. You know how they're kind of like tuning up at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's um, <laughs> kind of like how someone great kind of emerges in forty-five thirty-three out of yeah. the last song. Just yeah. Over five minutes, mm-hmm. something great emerges there. It's one of my favorite um, sections of that album. I, I I actually love that album yeah. because I I kind of think of it as if I would get to go see James Murphy DJ on his own shit. Mm-hmm. It would be forty five thirty three. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that was one of the things that was so awesome about that. Were their last shows that they played here before they quote unquote broke up as a band? <laughs> um, but was that uh, they did that full thing from forty five thirty three into someone great? Oh, just the actual. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it transitioned into the song. Oh man, it was yeah. fucking amazing. Face melting. Face, Face melting. Melting. Yeah, the, the, it has one of those central chants uh, in the chorus, just kind of over and over again, repetitive. Just great workout music, which made me think of Forty Five Thirty Three because they made it for Nike. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is hilarious. I know. He, he's got the dad bod uh, right? of all dad bods. <laughs> yeah, like who would have pegged him to like make a, an <laughs> album like to be paired with running shoes? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> Do you realize that I'm perpetually in an infinity scarf and flip flops, <laughs> right? I have a French bulldog. I love espresso. I have a, I have a French bulldog. <laughs> <laughs> so each time we pass, I, I don't want to say much about this other than that it reminds me of Super Symmetry on Reflector with Ben Gibbard lyrics to do a oh. callback to Soft Season. That's a nice little mashup you did there. Uh, listen to I, I feel like it's a duet The first part sounds like mm-hmm. a woman The second part sounds Much more like Ben Gibbard to me 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, his like voice it. is very different in the beginning and end. Yeah. Late Arcade, a huge fan of Supersymmetry, and it's why I like this one. It's it's a great B-side. Yeah, absolutely. Shortcomings, uh, I, I mean, I could talk about all of these, but uh, yeah. the end are shortcomings. Uh, this is from Pitchfork. Shortcomings, he gives a voice to a condition rarely addressed by male performers, insecurity over one's onstage appearance. Because even though punk taught us anyone can do it, there's no protection from deeply ingrained notions of how rock singers should look while they're doing it. But as he demonstrates throughout Microshift, anxiety should never get in the way of ecstasy. And as shortcomings rides its psychedelic disco groove into the sunset, he makes good on that promise. I just love it. It's it's just a classic ender to yep. one of these DFA LCD style albums. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it's like another moment on this album that's like very pretty. I feel like, um, uh-huh. which is which is nice mixed in there with like like I would say the majority of these songs are more like burners you know what i mean exactly yeah i want to run i want to dance i just want to like yeah do continuous spins on the sidewalk (laughs) yeah just like george (laughs) just like george uh but this one is pretty and and it's it kind of has that juxtaposition that the whole album has where the lyrics are dealing with kind of genuine insecurities, mm-hmm. body image stuff, how you're perceived by the world. And and the song itself is kind of this positive, upbeat yeah. feeling thing. Yeah, it really is. All right, well, I felt like we kind of burned through that uh, description just like uh, the album kind of burns through. Yeah, it's That's appropriate. <laughs> doing a great job <laughs> i think that does it for us this time uh check out the new hookworms album micro shift and get your micro dance oh let me try it again i think that <laughs> does it for us this time check out the new hookworms album micro shift and get your macro dance on if you skew toward the lcd side of indie music this will be your jam tell us what you think of the album on twitter mention at the radio cure pod and as always, follow the link in the show notes, the reviews and music used in this episode to our website, theradiocurepod.com. Till next time, I've been Nathan Seal. With me was Jeremy Cohen. Thanks for listening to The Radio Cure. Bye. Microdance. I like that. Micro-macro-dance. Micro-macro-dance. Micro-shift-macro-dance. <laughs> trying, trying to do something there. Didn't work out for me. That's okay forgive you they don't all come off <laughs> it's usually pure gold but every now and then <laughs> every now and again we'll get a bronze or a silver <laughs> is that a, is that an olympics callback i think it is it is it is i'm glad usually it's my job to point out the the jokes <laughs> it's okay <laughs> <laughs>